Welcome back to the Fantasy Injury Team podcast brought to you by Guys Trip. Are you planning a golf trip, bachelor party, sporting event trip, or just need a weekend getaway with the guys? Guys Trip plans your entire trip and saves you up to 30% off retail pricing for rental homes, transportation, golf, nightlife, and so much more. Visit guystriplive.com and use the code FIT for 10% off your fee today. Guys Trip, just show up. Another week down in the NFL season, and of course in our fantasy world, we had another crazy and wild week. We had three Thanksgiving games, a Black Friday game, which was a little bit of a disaster. I watched that with some Jets fans, and they weren't too happy. A whole bunch of action on Sunday night, and, uh, and Sunday, and Sunday night, and Monday night. So, Tom, we got the NFL playoff picture starting to crystallize a little bit here as we turn the corner. We enter December football. Nothing like it. So I am joined, as always by my great friend of uh, friend of physical therapy, my great friend, the doctor of physical therapy, ladies and gentlemen, and that is Tom Christ. Tom, what is new? Not a whole lot. Having a good week so far. Uh, this last week was not good to me from a fantasy standpoint, but we're entering these critical last couple weeks of the, of the regular season. It's time to make that run for the playoffs. Let's do it, man. How's, how's life otherwise? How's the place? How's... Uh... Is it cold over there? I mean, it's been cold over here. It's like freaking 25 degrees today, but what's Philly like? It is so cold today, like 20s, like right now, my well, 33 right now, excuse me. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, very, very cold. Um, Fortunately, this time in eight days, I will be in the lovely Dominican Republic having a nice little, uh, little vacation. We're all jealous of the life that Tom lives. And and for you guys out there, Tom will just randomly text me. It'll be like a multiple choice question like, hey, Joe, next week I'm going somewhere. Should I go to the Dominican? Should I go to France? Well, I don't know if France was one of the options. You're traveling, man. You're, you're loving your early 30s here and, and living life. And I'm happy for you. I'm over here changing diapers. My life my life is crazy, man. I'm, I'm Going back for my master's degree, basketball just started. I got Avery. I got a whole bunch of things, but it's all good. And we got the fantasy playoffs. Um, were you going to say something, Tom, about your, your yeah, was, extravagant I, life? I was just going to say, I'll be sure to send you some pictures. Yeah, please do. Uh, please send us all the pictures of the warmth and the beauty. And uh, I will be over here slaving, working in the 20-degree northeast weather. So lovely. <laughs> Don't you act like you work outside? You work inside in a nice warm school. I, I do. I do. The school is toasty. I meant working and also dealing with the temperature outside when I have to go outside. But I will be avoiding going outdoors probably until April. So we'll see how things go from, from here on out. So got a great show today. Now, Tom, this week, a, a very interesting week. Obviously, it's a big week. Week 13. I mean, again, most leagues have two more regular season games, right? 13, 14. And then most leagues are going to start their playoffs. So this is a huge week. Unfortunately, or maybe fortunately, depending on how your team is constructed, six teams on a bye this week, and many of them are fantasy relevant. So we got the Ravens, Bills, Bears, Raiders, and Vikings. Those are very, very relevant teams for the most part. I think I might admit, did I miss one in there? Might have missed one, but six really good teams on a bye. And Tom, before, oh, the Giants as well. Um, before I talk about the actual, wait, are the Giants on a bye? Am I crazy? Am I losing my mind, Tom? They, they are. You have them separate 
disconnected from the other five. It's been a long week, everybody. Yeah, they're in there. (laughs) I'm I'm explaining why you have them separate, because you said we have five teams that that are relevant to fantasy. (laughs) And then you have one team that only does one player. And then we have the Giants. That's right. Now, before we talk about those players and, of course, get to our injuries, Tom, I saw. So the Bills are six and six, and I just had to share this. They have a plus 101 point differential this year and they're six and six that's listen i i don't know if they're super bowl contenders the bills are are you know a solid team but imagine drawing them in the first round because they're damn sure not going to get a buy at this point but a uh, plus 101 in the point differential is crazy man it's wild I, I thought about that earlier the whole imagine drawing them like if they're the seventh seed and you're the two seed it reminded me of however many years ago that was where was it the Warriors, the Golden State Warriors had like everybody injured in the start of the season. And then they snuck in at like the seven or eight seed or something like that. Yeah. That Knocked would be off the first team. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's going to be tough. I'm not saying they're the Warriors, but that's, that's an unfortunate draw in the first round for whoever's going to play them in the um, AFC. Big time. Unfortunate. I mean, yeah. they're, they're not as good as they've been in the past by any means, but with Josh Allen, anything can happen. Absolutely, man. All right. So these players on a buy, I'll just read through them really fast. And and I think this is really going to change and and impact our strategies for this week. So the players on buys this week, real quick, Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, Justin Fields, Keaton Mitchell, James Cook, the Bears running backs, if you were playing any of them, Josh Jacobs, Alexander Madison, Barkley, Stefan Diggs, DJ Moore, Devontae Adams, Jacoby Myers, Justin Jefferson, who's coming back from the injury, hopefully soon, TJ Hawkinson, Jordan Addison, and then Tom, I jokingly wrote Tommy DeVito at the bottom there. But that's a lot of players. And my advice, of course, we all want to have great stars and studs in our rosters and and on our starting lineups here. But I think this week, you got to just play conservatively. Like, don't don't be nervous about a lower output. I think that's going to be pretty standard across the league this week. Um, But, you know, be happy to take points. I don't think you have to go out and take crazy risks take points out there where you can find them hopefully tom as we go through some of these injuries we can uncover some guys that we might be able to play and put in but let's dive in here we have 11 players to talk about let's start with running backs today tom let's go to aaron jones a knee injury what can you tell us about his week 13 status well remember he missed last week with that mcl injury and again this is the fifth mcl injury of his career um, of course we have two knees so it's not five on one side but still <laughs> Um, he didn't practice today. Running backs on average, they missed 3.1 games. Aaron Jones in his career average is missing 1.5 games. So as of now, it's not looking great for him to play this week. But of course, there's two more days to practice. We'll see what happens. But either way, Green Bay is historically very conservative when they bring players back from injury. The two times that Aaron Jones has been injured this season in the game back, He had 35% of snaps and 36% of snaps. So whenever he does play, whether it's this week, next week, the week after, we're not expecting a full workload right right out of the gate. Additionally, running backs average a decline of about 14% fantasy production when they return from an MCL injury. Not a huge hit, but also a 21% decline in their snap rate, which again, we just kind of talked about how Green Bay is usually even more conservative than that. So unfortunately, it's going to be really hard to trust him anytime soon. I'm not saying he's useless the rest of the fantasy season, but you're going to want to see at least one game of his usage before you can trust starting him again. And if he doesn't play this week, that means that it's either next week or the week after there's that that one 
game that you're almost like burning that game by not starting him just just kind of see what they do and then maybe you play him again so we're not expecting a whole lot of out of him in the next two to three weeks that is really eye-opening because in my notes here i mean you know how much i don't love aj Dillon. it's going to be hard to pick between them if you do have that choice but you really just opened up my eyes so a 14 percent decrease or so in production but that snap thing, would you say he plays on, on those two games back like 35% of the snaps? That's yeah. they are super conservative. Wow. And and Aaron Jones, rough season. I mean, mostly because of injuries. I mean, he's missed five games, including last week. They do play the Chiefs this week, you know, a, a mid-range or, or mid-level matchup, I guess, against running backs. I was gonna say I would play him, but again, that really is kind of scary. So you have to evaluate, you have to see what options you get. I mean, if he plays, I'm sure he'll do okay, get you a handful of points, but that also is gonna eat into the production of AJ Dillon, who last week I told you to sit him or be very careful. I mean, last week AJ Dillon, 14 carries, 43 yards, not much, had a couple catches for 38 yards. That's gonna be a tough situation in a game that the Packers, I mean, listen, they might compete. The Packers look okay. Jordan Love, Tom, has kind of been a roller coaster. He's been good. He's been bad, but he's looking okay. But I expect them to be playing from behind against the Chiefs, and I do like Aaron Jones out of the backfield more. But again, those things that you just said are really, really helpful. So you just got to see what you have on your team. And Jaden Reed from that team, he's been really, really good. He's crept into, for me at least, in the leagues that I'm seeing, he's a must-play. And he's a guy I could see going a little bit earlier next year than we might have expected him to go. What's What's the Jaden Reed buzz for Dynasty, Tom? Is he a guy that is a popular name out there? I mean, is he a guy that people are going for? I think we'll see the buzz really ramp up through the end of the season. Um, in the leagues I'm in, there hasn't he hasn't been traded or anything like that. Um, I haven't seen him started against me. I don't have him in any leagues, but his yeah. Dynasty value is definitely going up as the season goes on. Stock certainly increasing. All right, we'll keep an eye on that situation. Uh, Devon Achan, a knee injury, and he, <laughs> we need him back, man. I mean, last week, or no, he didn't play last week, right? Yeah. yeah, so what's up with his status for this week? What do you got on him? Limited to start the week, and you're right. He's just fun to watch, man. Um, so obviously didn't play last week. The week before was his first game back from this same injury, and right away he went out. So hopefully we can get him back this week. He did practice today. We'll see how he does Thursday and Friday. But if if that amount of the volume of practice is trending upwards, I expect him to play. And while running backs do see that 14% dip in production, he's so explosive that it's he could just have one touch and that could be <laughs> valuable. So we're still starting him if he plays. Um, but like we talked about last week, he's one that, Going into the fantasy playoffs, you want to make sure that if he if he's a guy you're relying on, you at least have a serviceable backup because this is his third time injured in the NFL and this is his first year in the NFL and he's not a big guy, so his durability is going to be a concern going forward. Unfortunate to hear that. We'll see. I mean, he's a guy during the off season. I'm sure there's going to be buzz and talk about how he's injury prone or whatever. And I think I'm going to be able to buy that discount, but we got to see how the rest of the season pans out. But again, the, the fire and the excitement kind of wearing off on him a little bit. I mean, now it's week 13. He hasn't produced since week five. It's been a while, but we miss him. He's super explosive. And Tom, I agree with you, man. I think if he's playing this week, you have to play him. If not simple as Raheem Mostert, it's going to be the 31 year old yet again, who, who, 
by the way, man, just continues to put together a dominant campaign. Raheem Mostert does. He's RB2. Um, but if A-Chan is able to play, I think both running backs are playable this week. Now, if he's not able to go in a tough week with all these buys, don't sleep on Jeff Wilson. He's a guy that if you're desperate, like Tom, again, I always talk about how desperate I am in one of my leagues. I got to play Tyler Algier and B. John Robinson. If Jeff Wilson's out there, like he's going to get some opportunities in what this week should be similar to the Jets game last week on, on Friday, another potential blowout against the commander. So they might be running a lot. So we'll keep an eye on that situation. I think if this makes sense, you can play two running backs in this backfield, depending on who is actually available. If, if all three are good to go, I'm sitting Jeff Wilson, but those other two guys I'm good with. All right. This one came across recently. JT. Jonathan Taylor, unfortunate. It's a thumb injury. What is he going to miss? Two, three weeks? What do you think about JT, Tom? He was supposed to have surgery today. They haven't told us if it's a ligament, if it's a broken bone. They haven't given us those details, but we know that he was scheduled to undergo surgery today, but they don't consider him an IR candidate, so they don't expect him to be out more than four weeks. Um, it's sounding currently like they're expecting two to three game absence. Obviously, Zach Moss will fill in. And when he returns, this isn't going to impact his ability to run. But I would expect him to either wear a brace or be heavily wrapped in the thumb in those first game or two when he does come back. So that could really curb his receiving upside. Um, and we did we saw reports from their coaching staff today also saying that uh, one of the things that's going to be a problem for him is pass protection. So I absolutely expect Zach Moss to still be involved in a couple of weeks when Jonathan Taylor does come back. Taylor will probably do most of the groundwork, but I would expect Moss to fully take over the third down back role. So this is definitely obviously to hit because he's not going to be playing for two or three weeks, but even for the fantasy playoffs, I'm expecting a reduced workload from Taylor simply because it's unlikely that he's going to be able to do the passing duties. You bring in new perspectives all the time. I didn't even consider that. I mean, I, I thought a little bit about catching, but the pass protection, that's an excellent point. And the Colts are a team that are fighting a little bit here for a playoff spot. Like, they're going to be out there. They're going to be grinding now. JT missed the first four, should miss the next few, so a little bit disappointing. I mean, he's been great these last couple of weeks, but I think from here, you mentioned it, Tom. I think the only fantasy fallout here is just Zach Moss owners should be – shotgunning beers and going crazy and celebrating put moss in your lineup enjoy that elite upside he's going to bring he's a solid player but again like a kyron williams type in the sense that i mean the volume that he's going to probably receive this week next week who knows a week after is going to be elite and that is really really solid i'm looking to get moss i mean if you were you didn't already have your waiver bids i would have loaded up if i had money on moss but Tom, I found on ESPN, which is the app that I use, and I'm not bashing ESPN fully here because it's my comfortable platform. I don't know where you do your leagues. They called Moss this week a, at best, a flex play in deeper leagues, and I, it's just something that I can't get past. That's what ESPN does. That's I want to, I want to be the person that does these write-ups. Zach Moss is at best a flex in deeper leagues. Are you high through through weeks two through six, five weeks? He didn't even play in week one. Zach Moss averaged 19.3 fantasy points per game. In what world is that a flex play in a deeper league? I just want that job. I'm just like, I, I, I was so like 
thrown from hearing that. But again, if you have Zach Moss, a little preview for our, our betting session later, I love him. Uh, and, and Tom, you mentioned too, he might continue to have a role even when JT comes back. And one more thing as well, we talked about this, Colts are six and five. They're in the playoff hunt. This week they play a mediocre Titans rushing defense. Fire up Zach Moss. Um, I think the other guy behind him is like Trey Sermon or something weird like that. I'm absolutely not playing him uh, and, and don't be tempted to do so, but I really love Zach Moss this week. All right. Ken Walker, Tom. And when I made the show, it looked a little bit more optimistic, but now it looks like he's not going to play back-to-back weeks. What do we got on him? An oblique injury, right? Yeah, well, remember they play tomorrow night, Thursday night. Um, right. So not as much time to get ready, and it does not sound like he's going to play. Remember, these types of oblique injuries, of course, there's a spectrum of severity that's going to dictate how long the player misses. And his always sounded a little more severe than some of the other guys we've seen this year. But these injuries usually don't impact fantasy production when players return. This season, Christian McCaffrey balled out right after. Puka Nakua, I think his best game of the season was right after this injury. Jalen Waddell actually missed quite a bit of time, but that was also during the preseason. So it's hard to know really how much game time he would have missed, but he played pretty well when he returned. Amon Ross St. Brown, same thing. I know we're kind of combining positions there, but that's just because we don't have a tremendously large sample size for running backs with this injury. But the overarching theme is that, sure, he's not going to be able to play this week, didn't play last week, but whenever he does get back on the field, he should be very productive. Absolutely. And and if he isn't able to go, Charbonnet will carry that workload there and we warned you a little bit last week about Charbonnet again a guy that I'm excited to see but again last week played a tough defense I mean he wasn't bad but it just it was kind of expected Charbonnet last week in his absence 14 carries for 47 at four catches and again if Walker isn't able to go which it certainly sounds like he's not going to play tomorrow or today on Thursday another tough matchup against the Cowboys that's going to be a very very tough defense and tough to find running room there not expecting much this week from the Seattle backfield. Um, but again, Charbonnet could be in perspective. You got to take a step back. Maybe you play him just based off volume because of all those buys this week. But we shall see. All right, next player, Chris Olave. And I was so mad to see him go down because he was off to an incredible start last week, man. Had seven catches on nine targets for a buck 14. I think, what did he get hurt, Tom? Was it third quarter? Second quarter? It was early in the game. I mean, it wasn't that late. Whatever it was, he was going crazy, but it's a concussion, right? That's what we're looking at here. Yes, uh, he's got a concussion. He did log a limited practice today, which is encouraging for his ability to play this week. Of course, it doesn't guarantee anything. He needs to continue to progress through the protocol, and of course, if at any point through the protocol, even if the player develops symptoms four hours after practice, eight hours after practice, they do not advance to the next stage of the protocol. So they'll be constantly monitoring him, and uh, we'll check back in closer to game time to see if he's good to go. Now, what about his teammate, Rashid Shahid? Because he also went out, I forget what his injury was, but he looks like he's doubtful to play to this week. Uh, play this week. What do you think about him? Shahid's dealing with a quad injury, and let's consider, first off, the function of the quad. It is one of the strongest, most powerful lower body muscles that we have, pivotal for for speed, acceleration, cutting, jumping, and that is the name of Rashid Shahid's game. He is a burner, burner, burner. Remember in the preseason when we had our, our buddy Tano Passano from the Saints on the show, who did he compare Rashid Shahid's speed to? 
Tyreek Hill. I'll never forget it. And that's why I drafted Shahid everywhere. He's like, yo, that boy Shahid could run because he played Tano. Tano pay, played for the Chiefs and for the Saints. So we've seen right. both of them on the practice field and in games. Yeah, exactly. So with Shahid's game being built on speed, well, first off, it doesn't sound like he's going to play this week. But when he does come back, there is potential that he's not going to have as much speed as we're used to from him for a week or two while he continues to fully recover from the injury. So with him being really like a fringe starter, fringe like wide receiver three flex anyway, yeah. we're probably not going to expect too much production out of him for at least a couple more weeks. Um, Olave, however, if he's able to go this week, we don't expect a decline in production after a concussion. Chris Olave for president this week, if he's able to play. No Michael Thomas still. Shahid looks like he's not going to play. Like, Olave's going to eat. And I was surprised. I was really happy with Derek Carr. Um, you know, he really opened it up and targeted him a bunch, which was really nice to see. And they played the Lions this week, who are elite against the run and weak, mediocre, okay against the pass. So I'm looking for Olave to have a big week. And other fantasy implications here, maybe Juwan Johnson in a week where you got some tight ends. You got Isaiah Likely for all you Mark Andrews owners out there. He's on a bye this week. You got Hawkinson on a bye this week. You got a couple of tight ends. Like, I wouldn't mind a Juwan Johnson play this week as well because the ball needs to go somewhere. But love Olave, looking for some positive things. Hopefully he can play. Moving on here. And before we move on to our next player, if you guys are enjoying the show, because me and Tom are certainly enjoying it, do us a favor. Go check out our Instagram. I promise you, you're going to love it. We got some great, well, not me. I can't take credit for it, but we got some good editors and interns and you could hear Tom's voice. This really, I'm literally looking at it right now. It's really, really good stuff. Maybe I'm a little bit biased, but go check us out, guys. Go look at our Instagram. There's videos, there's graphics, there's injury reports on here. There's really, really great exclusive coverage of a lot of things, NFL and especially injury we are fantasy injury team. It's one word, I believe, Tom, on Instagram. We're up to like a thousand something followers. We're making big moves, Tom. Very proud of, of you, our CEO, and of our, our business here and company. And we hope that you guys like us too. So once again, go check out our Instagram, guys. Fantasy injury team. Give us a follow and participate. Talk to us. Give us comments. Tell us what you guys think each week. All right. Next player is a Patriot, which <laughs> Patriots stink. But this guy is playable to Mario Douglas if he's, of course, able to play this week. He has a head injury. Um, is that a concussion? Is that? I actually have truly no idea, Tom. I, just, I saw a concussion, obviously, for Olave, which I knew. But this one, I saw a head injury. I'll let you talk about this one. Yeah, usually that means a concussion. Uh, is there yeah. another type of head? Like, you can have a... I, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. Like, you could break a bone in your skull. You could have a, a big cut. There's other, there's other stuff. <laughs> I'll, I'll hang up and listen, Tom. Go ahead. Okay. <laughs> uh, he did not practice today. So unlike Olave, that's going to make it a challenge for him to be ready to go Sunday. Not impossible, but less likely that he's able to play Sunday. But like Olave, Olave you just check in before the game to see if you're going to play him or not. Probably not going to play him anyway. He's I know you like him. I don't really care too much for him in fantasy. Um, I think he's a great prospect, but for this year, at least, I'm not super high on him. He, that's fair. He, to me, is the definition of what they had Zach Moss as. He's like a, a flex play in deeper leagues. But you look at his numbers. I mean, last five weeks, he's been playable and rock solid. So, I look, last five weeks, he's averaging, let's see, averaging 11, I believe, 11 or 9 or, or 10 or 11, right in that range. 
half point PPR points, which is not bad. Let his team last week, actually last two weeks, nine targets, nine targets. Listen, I know the Patriots are terrible. The, t- the two and nine Patriots are an absolute tragedy, more of a tragedy than the Ebola outbreak in 2015. It's a whole disaster. But to Mario Douglas and maybe Ramondre Stevenson are guys that we could play. I don't mind Douglas. I like him. Mac Jones, on the other hand, I don't like. That guy should not be a starting quarterback next year. Zappy isn't much better, but hey, at least Douglas is getting open. They're going to have to throw the ball. They'll probably lose by another 100 this week. Tom doesn't like Douglas. I like him. Don't love him. But again, in a tough week, I think you could stick him in there. Get yourself some points, seven, eight, nine points, whatever it is, and move on to the following week. All righty. T. Higgins, Tom, I'm kind of sick of talking about him, to tell you the truth. I'm not labeling him as injury-prone, but is there an update? Is there positive news on, on his hamstring injury? Well, when I was prepping for the show, I had not seen any updates on if he'd practiced or not, but I did see an update that they are suggesting he has a shot to play. But the problem is they play Monday night. So if we don't have much uh, evidence that he's trending in the proper direction before that, you can't possibly risk holding out for him unless you have like Tyler Boyd or someone to replace him. Um, If we think about this holistically, receivers average a decline of 12% fantasy points after hamstring injury, which is not a tremendous amount, especially for a guy of Higgins caliber. But this season, Higgins only has two good games all year. Joe Burrow's gone. And like we just said, they play Monday night. So, holistically thinking I'm not relying on Higgins this week and I would not recommend anyone to, unless you're in that perfect situation where you've got Tyler Boyd or I forget who they play somebody on the other team to pivot to. Yeah, that's well said. And even if you just gave me good news and said he was going to play, I still, again, I'm still nervous about playing him again. I'm not saying he's injury prone. I'm not just going to give him that label, but There's been a lot of times where he's in his career, even recently, last year or two, where he's gone down mid-game and he burns you and he's coming off of this injury. And of course, you have Browning at the helmet quarterback there. Like You already have to temper the expectations. Plus, he's coming off an injury. Like I don't like it. And by the way, they play the Jags in a game that the Bengals are projected to lose by eight on the road with a very low, disgusting total of 37 points. So if you're desperate, you can Now, I guess, I mean, I really don't know when the news usually comes out, but I'm looking at some guys that you might be able to, like a perfect storm situation if you really need Higgins. They play the Jags. I I mean, Christian Kirk, if you have him, you're probably playing him. But the Sunday night game, if you can roster a guy like maybe like, I'm sure Rasheed Rice has already picked up, but like worst case scenario, I'm thinking like Justin Watson maybe or like a – Romeo Dobbs type of play like that. Like if the news comes out maybe later in the day. Um, but again, I'm I'm absolutely going out of my way to sit T. Higgins this week, even if they do say that he's quote unquote healthy and ready to go for a lot of these factors. All right. Four guys left. Let's get to Amari Cooper, who is currently wide receiver 27 on the year, averaging 13 points per game. He's got a rib injury, been pretty inconsistent. What's the deal with him? And then, Tom, maybe you could also talk about um, the quarterback there, too, Dorian Thompson, Robinson, DTR. I think he went down as well. But what do you got on, on these Browns players? So, uh, Cooper, this is actually a nice plug for our Instagram page. I put out an awesome video on him the other day and his injury. So we can see looking at the play, he takes a shot right to the side of the ribs, 
by the defender's helmet. That's a really good way to injure the ribs. Now, fortunately, x-rays were negative, so he doesn't have a fracture, but he's dealing with some bruising. I even heard Schefter report an oblique injury, thinking anatomically the obliques attach right onto the ribs, so they're very commonly injured together. Now, these are a factor because whenever we twist our body, like receivers are constantly doing to change directions and to twist to catch a ball, the, if the ribs are, are injured, then the muscles in there are going to be guarding a little bit, making it a little bit harder to rotate. And then also the lat muscle, which is a huge muscle, attaches onto the ribs, and that gets stretched when we raise our arms above head, like going up to catch a ball. So if there's an injury there, that could be limited as well. But usually these guys won't return to play until all that motion has been normalized, and it comes down to a pain tolerance thing from that. So we, we, uh, we'll just have to look out to see if Cooper's going to play this week. They haven't given us much indication on if he'll go this week or if he'll sit this week. I wouldn't be surprised if he sits, but some guys, sometimes these guys just tough it out and play, and we don't really see that much of a drop-off in their fantasy production. So whenever he does step back on the field, I know that you were saying he hasn't been great this year, but if he's a guy that was regularly in your starting lineup, I don't think that needs to change whenever he does play again. Okay. What about your level of concern if it's PJ Walker at the quarterback spot for this week? I mean, I, that concerns me a little bit. He's not the worst backup in football, but I think that would discount Cooper's production at least a little bit, I would say, right? I, if compared to Watson, yes, but I don't know that okay. PJ Walker is that much different than DTR. Uh, DTR is dealing with a concussion. So again, he'll have to get through the protocol in order to play. I don't see a whole lot of difference between those two. Yeah. And honestly, this is going to sound insane. I think Joe Flacco gives these receivers the best upside. Wait, they have Flacco. Am I dumb? They have Flacco. They signed Flacco. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Just let Flacco get in there and air it out. That guy has a cannon. I'm sure he still does. Um, that'd be interesting to see. I mean, listen, that's not a bad pickup with the Browns being seven and four. They are, I mean, as it stands now, they might be the worst seven and four team, maybe of all time. I mean, their defense keeps them in games, and uh, no Nick Chubb, no what? Like it's the weirdest situation ever. I mean, they play the Rams this week; they might lose to them, and they just got hammered last week by the surging Broncos, twenty nine to twelve. How about those Broncos, man? Unbelievable! How bad they were to start. And I think they're five six, and six now, or six, six and, and five. five. Yeah. What the hell happened? Good to see though. But just another, you know, fantasy implication here. I do like Njoku just a little bit more now, especially with backup quarterbacks coming in. We don't know who's going to be running that offense and behind center. So Njoku, I do like. And again, you know, Tom said, I do agree with this. If if Cooper plays and he was a guy, like how you said that, Tom, if he was a guy that was consistently in your lineup, I think you play him. I mean, the upside is not tremendous, but he's okay. And he will get you some points. A guy I really like, and I like in Dynasty, I like in really anywhere I could get him is Trey McBride. And he now came up today as a DNP with a groin injury. Now he's been surging a little bit too. Tight end 13, only 6.8 points per game, but he's really come on since that Ertz injury. But what, what does it look like for Trey McBride this week? Yeah. Dealing with the groin injury, it, it doesn't sound overly severe. If we think about the anatomy and the function of the groin, it's a big, strong muscle in the hip and the thigh and its role really is to help us be stable on one leg, which is obviously a big part of running and cutting and whatnot. But 
it's not the primary muscle that changes direction, and it's also not the primary muscle for straight line sprinting. It does have a role in straight line sprinting, but not nearly as much as the quads or the calves or the hamstrings or the glutes, et cetera. So we really see no drop-off in fantasy production when tight ends return from this type of injury. So assuming that he plays, fire him up if, if he's the tight end you've been starting. And indeed, he has been. His, his floor is high. And he's quickly becoming a must start. I mean, tight, it, tight, tight end, as we know, is a hot commodity. I mean, everywhere in Dynasty and Redraft, he's open a lot. Watch some of their tape. He's not only open a lot, he gets targeted a lot. Last five weeks, 14, 5, 9, 7, and 9. So he's getting the ball. Fire him up if he could play. Love that floor and decent upside, too. Last two guys. This is a guy with some upside. A guy that Tank Dell I'm about to talk about here and, and, and we're going to discuss. He is now wide receiver 11. 14.2 points per game. What what a phenomenal talent. He's got a great rapport with Stroud. I don't know if I'm exaggerating, Tom. I think he's become a proven wide receiver one for fantasy. Maybe I'm being a little bit crazy and, and recency bias is getting to me, but please tell me that Tank Dell is going to play this week. Well, first off, I agree with everything you just said. This guy is incredible. Like he's yeah, always open, crisp route runner, hands catcher, the whole deal. Unfortunately, I don't like his injury. He's dealing with a calf injury. Remember, we talked about this last week with his teammate, Nico Collins. The calf is critical for wide receivers, for their ability to get off the line, to accelerate top end speed, jumping, everything. And we say a massive dip of 44% fantasy production when wide receivers return from this injury. Only one out of 18 receivers in our sample size going back to 2017 has met or exceeded their pre-injury production. And as you correctly guessed last week, that was Antonio Brown from 2017. So with Dell, who's averaging 14.2 points a game, a 44% dip would be eight fantasy points. So, Perhaps not enough to kill you, but not what we're used to from him. Wow. This is crazy, but I'm actually considering benching him this week if he plays. Um, Of course, you got to look at your roster, see who else you have. But this is an injury that kills receivers in, in their first game back from it. After they get past that first game, it gets better. So for the fantasy playoffs, there's still a very bright outlook for Tank Dell this upcoming week or whatever week he returns from this injury, you have to consider other options. You are blowing my mind in bad ways. One out of 18 guys. Okay. And they played Denver this week. Who's been good. And they've got some stud corners over there. So I'm lucky in this vampire league. So I got to ask you this tank Dell this week, or, I mean, you don't know matchups as well, but tank Dell or, I actually cannot believe I'm going to ask you this question or Jamar chase this week. Uh, chase. chase chase plays Jacksonville, obviously with Browning is the reason why it's actually a question. Tank Dell or Puka Nakua this week. Oh, Puka plays struggling. He ha- he's been below at below his standard. Yes. In the last like probably three or four weeks. And he, any place Cleveland, that's a toughie. Yeah. I think you go Puka though. Wow, Tank Dell's been a stud for me. His numbers are insane, but that really does scare me. Okay, you got to put out an Instagram video of that one, Tom. People are going to need to hear that, and and I can almost guarantee Tom's going to be right. Not that I'm rooting for that to happen, but Tom, you've been 
you've been on fire with these things. So I'm not wishing the worst for Tank Dell, but I'm rooting for my boy Tom, who uh, who's killing it out here. All right. Brees Hall, a hamstring injury. He is now RB17, only 12 points per game, and not – it's sad – Probably a month and a half, two months ago, I really firmly thought he would be that league-winning guy that really came on. Maybe it's the Jets quarterbacks to blame, but, I mean, I, I, is there something going on with Brees Hall? Is this like a new injury? What do, what do you have to tell us about the Jets running back? Limited practice today with a hamstring, but if we read between the lines here, he played his usual snap share in the game. So I'm wondering if this is really just like soreness, like just letting him take – take a, a, a slower day today and it's not like he missed practice he was limited so it could definitely be a lot worse I don't think we really need to worry too much about this if he's a starter in your lineup continue to start him anyway running back C no drop off in fantasy production on average when they return from a hamstring injury so not a not a critical one here all right his efficiency has gone down the freaking drain but that's what happens when uh, you can put 11 guys in the box and you have Boyle and whoever the hell else is, is in that Jets quarterback room throwing the ball. But poor Brees Hall. He's a guy next year I will absolutely be buying the discount on if there is a discount, if he does start to go that way. And we'll see what Rodgers brings if he comes back. <laughs> That'll be a popular topic for the offseason, Tom Rodgers and the Jets and all these guys. So I'm already – I saw a tweet about that today before we wrap up with these injuries. Um Somebody was saying that they're already looking forward to the offseason just because, like, I don't know, just to start to make – I mean, I haven't had a great fantasy season this year, but start to make, like, your predictions and your – the create like, doing early mock drafts in, like, June, like, three months too early. I mean, let, let's enjoy the moment for now because we got fantasy playoffs coming up. But I am excited for some of those offseason conversations. All righty. Who else are we monitoring, Tom? I know there's a couple of guys you wanted to touch on here. Just real quick, we got Jerry Judy not practicing today with a groin injury. Kind of like we talked about before, yes, the groin is a big critical muscle, but it's not as impactful on fantasy stats as you would think. So we see no dip in production for receivers, but Judy has been awful this year, so you don't want to start him anyway. Baker Mayfield injured his ankle, but had a full practice today. Not a concern. Will Levis, on the other hand, injured what looks like his left ankle based off the video I saw in practice today. He was not doing well putting weight through that thing. I saw him uh, simulating like a play action, and just whenever he put weight on that left ankle, he just couldn't sustain it for a long period of time. Has some time to clear it up, and it's his left, not his right ankle, so it's not the one he's pushing off of. If he plays, I don't suspect that that impacts his passing, but him himself not really fantasy relevant but as far as deandre hopkins goes i don't think it's going to impact him too much ezekiel elliott dealing with a quad injury surprisingly running back sees no drop off in production with that type of injury despite how impactful it is on on acceleration and sprinting however he's just not very good or fantasy relevant this year <laughs> so great great career i think he still has a role in the nfl but not on your yeah. fantasy team um, your guy, Noah Brown, limited practice as he comes back. from. This I, love, I love how he's become my guy. I was obsessing over him for one show. Remember the comment I made? I was like, Texans, best wide receiver room in the NFL. And you know what, Tom? That might be true. Is it ridiculous? Is it ridiculous? Like, yeah, maybe, yeah, it maybe, is. Maybe, maybe in, how about in, in two years, they'll have the best receiver room. Is that possible? Sure. Anything's possible. I mean, two years Anything ago. <laughs> 
Well, think about, I mean, obviously I'm going to go to my Eagles. Two years ago, we did not have A.J. Brown, and Devontae Smith was a rookie who was, showed promise. But yeah, wasn't you traded for A.J. Brown. I'm talking like what teams have as of right now. You have Nico Collins, who is a stud. You have Tank Dell, who I'm obsessed with. Noah Brown, who apparently Tom thinks I have a tattoo of him on my ass because he keeps saying he's my guy. I do love Noah Brown, but all right. I'll let you talk about his injury. I, I just love the Texans, and C.J. Stroud is a monster, but – What's up with Noah Brown? What, what were you going to say? You should get a big uh, Texans logo tattoo right on your heart. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so Noah Brown limited with the knee injury. We'll keep monitoring to see if he's able to go this week. All righty. Wraps up our injury segment. Let's move on to our sleeper picks. And we are thrilled and happy and excited to be teaming up with our friends at Sleeper. You guys can get $100, up to a $100 match if you go to sleeper.com slash promo slash fit. They will match up to $100 for you. My bet this week, Tom, is going to be another over because I lost my under and I hated rooting against the under. I'm having a rough season. It's been a struggle. I'm 4-8. and eight. This gambling thing is tough, but I'm going to take Zach Moss this week. I was so mad and so floored and so upset before reading that on ESPN, and his number is high this week. His number in Vegas... 75 and a half rushing yards. Wow. I, I think that they're trying to deter people. I really strongly believe that. That's a high number. Like, for example, Bijan is a tough matchup, but I think Bijan's was like 56. Like, can you imagine a world where that's the case? But Zach Moss over 75 and a half yards. I really like it. No JT. He's had games this year, Zach Moss, that is, of 88 rushing yards, 122, 165. He can certainly do it. I like the matchup. And I just think that there's no one good behind him. And I think they're really, really going to lean on a guy that they trust, Zach Moss, and he doesn't have to break one. I think this is a volume play. I really like Zach Moss. What do you got this week? I like that. That is a high um, high number there, but I think you can do it. When I logged on, I thought I was going to see like 60. I honestly thought it was going to be low 60s. And then I looked at it and I was like, oh, I can't bet that. But then I was like, you know what? No, that's what they want me to think. They want me to go away from it. So I'm being I'm being stubborn and he'll probably wind up wind up with 72, 73 yards and it'll be another heartbreak. But I'm on it. I'm taking it 75 and a half. I like the aggressive mindset. You're trying to get inside their heads, which is what you got to <laughs> do. Now, I am going to take a guy who is in the 60s, Derrick Henry, over 62 and a half rushing yards. This year, he's kind of, you know, a little bit slower than what we're used to with Henry, averaging 67.2 yards per game. But he plays against Zach Moss in Indianapolis, who's yeah. running up 129.3 yards. And Joe, over the last three seasons, these are Derrick Henry's rushing yards against Indianapolis. In 2020, it was 103 yards, 178 yards. Now, that was three years ago. It's different. But in 21, it was 113 and 68 and 68 is the game that he broke his foot. So he didn't play the whole game. And last year, it was 114 yards and 128 yards. This guy owns the Indianapolis Colts. Wow. He owns them. So I am very comfortable improving my 8-4 and four record on the year with Derrick Henry going over 62.5. Had to sprinkle in the eight and four. And I'm proud of you, Tom. I'm four and eight. You're eight and four. So if you're tailing both of us, you're just about it even. Uh, so so continue to tail Tom. But what, Actually, what's I'm, I might be seven and five. I think I'm seven and five. So this is when I need to look to my left and be like, intern, can we check on that, please? Thank you. We'll get back to you guys shortly on that. Maybe in a couple of years from now. Me and Tom are going to be glued to this Colts-Titans game. 
<laughs> you want to go? It's in Nashville. Oh, let's go. I love it. I mean, blue is my favorite color, so both teams are blue. <laughs> Sounds fun. All right. And another thing with Derrick Henry, he, yes, he owns the Colts. He even hit, what's his over? 60? 62 over and a half. So we even almost had the over in the game. He broke his foot. So he, that, he did have it. He did have the over. That's incredible. Okay. Let's go over to the Vampire Diaries. We have two weeks left of the regular season. We got one of the biggest wins of the year, Tom. We stole one. We beat Devin by, there was a stack correction. We beat him by like two or three points. Our one need is what we got. Tight end, we stole Travis Kelsey. So exciting. Hell yeah. So we are nine and three now, two weeks until the playoffs. This is a tough week because if I win, I could take Barkley, Brees Hall, or Swift. And I don't know if I need any of them, but still looking to get that by. So the Vampire Diaries, they are going well. And that moves us to our last segment here. And that is our trivia. And Tom, I think you got this one right. Because Tom always answers as soon as we go off air. You got it right, I think. Last week, the question, if you guys remember, was who has the most passing touchdowns on Thanksgiving Day? And it was Matthew Stafford and Tony Romo. So that's a good one. So now we transition to a food question because I was hungry while I was writing the show. And... It's a question about pizza. What day of the year, everybody, one day, is the biggest day statistically for ordering pizza? So think about that for a minute. There's some answers out there that seem obvious. There might be some that you're sleeping on. So once again, what day of the year is the biggest day for ordering pizza? Send us your message. You can send it on Instagram, on Twitter, on X, whatever. We'll give you a shout out on the next show. But that does it for us, Tom. Wait, you're going to be away next week are we not recording no gotta... i'm gonna leave thursday at 5 30 in the morning okay knowing so... you and your dedication i seriously wouldn't put it past you to either record in the airport or record where are you going again Colombia, venezuela dominican <laughs> all right so not next show but the show after tom will come back with possibly a new wife and a tan and hopefully you guys come back to our show with some more fantasy football wins and and of course, we thank you guys for being here. So thank you for joining for uh, joining us today. Wish you the best of luck this week, week 13. We'll see you guys next time on the Fantasy Injury Team Podcast.